Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. Now, while you're still standing, I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me. We're going to start verse uh, in Romans chapter 7. Now, I'm going to preach today, guys. I don't know. It don't matter if we've had three altar calls already. I'm going to preach today, all right? I'm going to just go ahead and tell you. I didn't get to preach last week, and I like drove Judy crazy all day last Sunday and all that. And uh, so I, I'm, just, I'm just going to preach today, all right? So if you got a roast in the oven, uh, Wi-Fi that thing and turn it down or something. Amen. Because I believe God's got a word for, for somebody here this morning. Uh, in Romans chapter 7 and verse 18, just one verse. Romans chapter 7 and verse 18, Paul said this. He said, for I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to to carry it out. And that's from the English Standard Version. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. King James Version says this, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. And I want to I talk to you for just a few minutes. I know what, but don't know how. That's, that's a long title, but that's what we're going to preach on this morning. I know what, but I don't know how. Because we, and you've, you've made that statement before, I'm sure. I know what to do, but I don't know how to do it. Go ahead and sit down. Somebody said, oh, Lord, he's coming down there now. He's going to do something. Crazy. If I were to come to Larry this morning, I'd say, Larry, Brother Larry, see that light socket up there that don't have a light in it? I want you to get up there and put a light in that. Nobody looking at me because you think I'm going to come to you. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I need to do next, okay? It, Paul said, oh, Lord, he coming to me. It's that red shirt, Paul. I saw that red shirt. If I were to come to you this morning, Paul, and I said, Paul, we owe a debt of $364,000 dollars. On, on this building. We do $364,000 on this building. But if I were to come to you and I would say, Paul, 
we've got to have that money by in the morning at 9 o'clock. You're the man. You're the one that's responsible for it. You are the president, the CEO of the organization. We've got to have $364,000 at the bank in the morning. Now, now I want, I want to do this. So I'm going to come back to Larry. Now, I told Brother Larry what to do was to do that light, but that light still hadn't been replaced. But I told him what to do, all right? But I can, because this is my illustration, I'm going to talk for you, okay? But, but Larry has been sitting there this whole time, and he's not really been focused on what I told him to do, but he's really been focused on how am I going to do that. Is that pretty much right? It's not <clears throat> what I told him to do, but it's how I'm going to do. Now, now get your mind off the light up there, and let's come back down to the debt. Now, and I'm pretty much assured that after Paul's head quits bouncing around with that huge debt, he's not worried so much about what I told him to do as he is, how in the world am I going to come up with that money? Is that pretty much right, Paul? It's not what, but it's how. The scripture that we just read, Paul, Paul was talking about, I, I know what to do, but I just can't figure out how to do it. Now I want you to take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Joshua. Chapter 1, I wanted to do that to put that illustration in your mind and to get you to thinking about what we're about to talk about. I know what to do, but it's the how that messes me up every time. How many of you have ever faced that? You know what to do, but, but it's the how. I know what needs to happen, but it's the how. All right? So, so we're going to deal with that this morning in Joshua chapter 1. And I know we've been in Joshua a good bit here lately. Uh, the other week, uh, Pastor John Brown was here and he preached a message out of the book of Joshua. I preached a message out of the book of Joshua a few weeks ago. But God brought me back to this. As a matter of fact, this past June, the first of this past June, the Lord gave me this and put this word in my spirit. And... and uh, I've, I've been kind of gleaning from it, but I want to share some of it with you today. Joshua chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel." Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee 
nor forsake thee. Now, I want you to notice what God said to Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. And now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I'm going to give you, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the, that the sole of your foot shall tread upon have I given you, as I said unto Moses. Now, what is God doing there? God is, God is telling Joshua, this is what I want you to do. And you're going to hear the word what and how a lot in this. But God is saying to Joshua, this is what I want you to do. I want you to understand that Moses is dead. Moses, my servant, is dead. The era or the Mosaic era is over. You no longer have him to depend on. He's out of the picture. He's gone. Now it's time for you to rise up. And I'm, speaking, I'm saying that to somebody this morning because you've been looking in the past at, at trying, to fi- trying to use your past to fix your future. And God's saying you need to let the past go and quit dwelling on yesterday, quit trying to, trying to use yesterday's blessings to get tomorrow's promise. God said, Moses is dead, Joshua. I, I want you to rise up, to get up, And I want you to take these people into this promised land. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. Listen, life is filled with what's. Life is filled. What I need to do today when you woke up this morning, probably some of the first things that crossed your mind was what I need to do today. If you're a mom, you woke up and probably the first thing on your mind was what I need to do to get the children ready or, or even what I need to do to get my husband ready for church today because uh, us husbands sometimes don't know how to dress ourselves, so, so our wives do that for us sometimes. Many of you are concerned today about this is what I owe. I used that illustration uh, earlier. Uh, this is what I see before me, or this is what I heard with my ear, and our lives are filled with the what's. The what's are always coming up. What if they don't do this? What if they do this? What if this happens in my life? What if this messes up? What? What? God was speaking to Joshua and saying, this is what I want you to do. And I want you to understand this morning that what God was saying to Joshua was a monumental task. He was telling Joshua, I want you to go over this Jordan River and I want you to conquer this land of promise. 
And it was a monumental task, but God was very clear in what he wanted Joshua to do. And I can see Joshua uh, more than likely as he's sitting maybe on the banks of the Jordan River and he's looking out across the land of promise and, and he's seeing all the possibilities and all the opportunities and, and he's seeing all the fertile land and all that and, and he's just dreaming and thinking about all the possibilities that could be there when they are, if they uh, could get that land and all of a sudden, bam, he's hit with this thing that always comes up and messes up my day because I wake up every morning and I know what I need to do but then as I think about all those things I am hit blindsided with this thing called how am I going to do it and all of a sudden Joshua is hit with this, how am I going to do what God just told me to do? And this sick feeling comes into his stomach because he recognizes his own inabilities and he recognizes his own limitations and he recognizes how weak he really is and that feeling of stress and worry uh, begins to come because he knows what he needs to do, but he don't know how to do it. And I'm telling that to somebody this morning because there's some things that you're dealing with today and you know what you need to do. You know what you need. You know what decisions you need to make, but you don't know how to put those things in motion. He fully understands what God has spoken. And it's not the what that he's worried about, but it's the how. Now listen, I want, you, I want you to get this. God sometimes will show us what we need to do. He shows us in his word, this is what you need to do. If you're facing a struggle, God's word says, cast it on the Lord. He cares for you. That's God's word saying that's what you need to do. If you're fighting a battle and you're dealing with, with warfare, the Lord said this is what you do. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and casting down every imagination and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into, every, into captivity every thought to the obedience of God. That's what you need to do. If you're struggling in your marital relationship and you and your wife can't seem to get it together, this is what God said, sir. God said, honor your wives and love your wives uh, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That's what you need to do. And you say, but pastor, I don't know how to do that. You see, God's word tells us what we need to do, but it's the how that gets us messed up. And listen, what happens is I get so focused on the how I'm going to do this that I forget about what he told me to do. Listen, it is not the how that's going to bring the blessing into your life. It's the obedience to the what he told you to do that will produce the blessing in your life. The how is just the means to get to the what. 
sure it's quiet in here. Either I'm not making no sense or, or you're downloading, and I hope you're downloading. And that's what we read in Romans chapter 7 because Paul realized that in himself dwelt nothing that was of any value in his flesh. And he said, because I desire to do what is right, but I do not possess the ability to do it. I know what I need to do, but I don't possess the ability to seemingly to get it done. It was easy for Joshua to hear God on what he was to do, but the instructions of what, listen, always lead to the question of how. Anytime God says this is what I want you to do, it always leads to that question of how am I going to do it. Listen, the what, the what comes supernaturally. But we always bring the how down into the natural. When God said, Joshua, I want you to do this, then that was a supernatural revelation that God gave to Joshua about the promised land. This is what I want you to do. But if you're not careful, that old natural man will begin to take up that that was spoken supernaturally and you'll begin to try to deal with it in your carnal self or in your flesh. And you'll begin to try to figure out, well, how am I going to do this? You'll begin, to, you'll begin to crunch the numbers on how I'm going to pay this bill. I know what I need to do, but I, I don't have the, the, the money in my account to do this. And so we begin to try to figure out how. For example, we try to figure out how do I fix my life? How do I fix my marriage? How do I get through this battle of depression? How, how, how? How do I do this? Now listen, those of you that are, that are walking by faith and all of that, uh, I know I'm just preaching to the choir and, and, and you're saying, oh, yeah, pastor, I know all this. But there are those that are here this morning that you know very well what you need to do and you've tried to do it for years and years. You've tried to improve. You've tried to fix your marriage. You've tried to fix your relationship. You've tried to fix yourself. You've tried to fix the depression. You've tried to fix the oppression in your life. You've You've tried to fix the debt that you're facing and all that, but it hasn't worked out. Well, I'm giving you some revelation this morning that will empower you on how to deal with the what that God has said to do. You see, the thing about when God says, this is what I want you to do, and it gives way to this how, the how always magnifies my limitations. See, when I told Brother Larry a while ago that we needed to replace this bulb up here, immediately Brother Larry's limitations rose up. When I told Paul that, that, that he was responsible for the debt that was due at 9 o'clock in the morning, immediately Paul's limitations rose up. And when I tell you this morning that God wants you to be an overcomer, immediately your limitations will rise up. 
and your limitations will be magnified. Your weaknesses will all of a sudden rise up in the midst of your face and you'll begin to see all of your limitations and all of your weaknesses and all of your failures and all of your struggles. If I, come, if I came to you this morning and I said, you are a woman of God and God's called you to be a Deborah in this hour. God has called you to be a leader in your, on your workplace and all that. Immediately, if I were to say that to many of you ladies today, your limitations would rise up. I'm, on, I'm drilling on it because I know that there are people here this morning that you need to hear this word. If I were to come to you today, sir, and tell you that God has called you to be a leader uh, to your family and a leader in your home, all of a sudden those limitations would rise up and you'll say, I can't do this. I, I, I don't know how to do this. I wasn't raised to be a leader. I wasn't raised that way. or I, I, I don't know how. And those limitations will rise up because how to do it will always magnify what you're not capable of doing. But let's listen to this. It is in those times where limitations rise up that we continue to dwell on day after day week after week I'm thinking about how am I going to fix that light I'm thinking about how am I going to get that debt paid off I'm thinking about how am I going to fix this marriage. Uh, I'm thinking about how uh, am I going to respond to the report that I got from the doctor. I'm thinking about how am I going to fix my child's life that is so messed up. And, and those limitations begin to come up and we begin to feel uh, our weakest and our, our most uh, vulnerable uh, of any time in our lives. But listen to this. Sometimes... God will allow you and I to get into a situation that we know what needs to be done, but we don't have the how. And it's then that God will say, what do you think we need to do to deal with this situation? In other words, sometimes God will allow us to get into a situation in our life and then ask you how you would deal with it in order for you to realize just how limited you are. You say, Pastor, is that biblical? Yes, it is. Look in the book of John chapter 6 and verse 5, and, and I'm winding down. John chapter 6 and verse 5, the Bible says that, that Jesus was there and there was a multitude of people that were hungry. And, and Jesus recognized that they were hungry for food. They needed something to eat. And he and his disciples were there. And the Bible says that he saw this great company in John chapter 6 and verse 5. And he said to Philip, he said, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And if I had time this morning, we'd follow down in Philip's life and you'd see where those words impacted Philip's life down through throughout his life. And uh, But this he said to prove him, to test him. 
for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus asked Philip, he said, Philip, where are we going to get enough bread uh, to feed all these people? Jesus already knew what he was going to do, but he, he asked that question to Philip because he wanted to see what Philip was going to say to test him or to see what he would, how he would respond. And Philip answered and he said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that everyone may take a little. So in that, Philip responds, this is my limitation. I, we, 200 penny worth uh, would, would be barely enough and we don't have 200 penny worth. But Jesus knew already what he would do. Sometimes God will allow you to get in a situation and he'll pose a question to your spirit just so you will recognize by your answer your limitations and your inabilities. And we know the end of the story that Jesus fed the 5,000. The awesome thing about God is he will never tell you what to do without giving you the how. Now, we read in Joshua chapter 1 through 5 uh, where God dealt with this, Joshua, this is what I want you to do. And uh, I don't know how Joshua reacted to those words that God said. Maybe he stressed about it. Maybe, maybe he didn't. But right after Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5, God begins to lead Joshua uh, into a process or a path of this is how I want you to do what I told you to do. Listen, if we're sensitive, God will always let us know how to do what he has called us to do. Listen, Joshua uh, chapter 1 and verse 6, God said, Be strong and of a good courage, for to this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them, only be strong and courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper whithersoever thou goest. Listen, because I major on the how of what God wants to accomplish in my life, I fail to accomplish what God has asked me to do. Many times I am so focused on trying to figure out how to fix things that I miss that that God has said, this is what I'm going to do. Listen, remember this. The most important is the what. The what. What has God called you to do? What has God said to you? What is God saying to you right now? What did you read in your word yesterday? What in the midst of you, your struggles last week, what did God say to your spirit? What revelation did you get from the word of God? Listen, the what is much more important than worrying about the how. But because you're a human being and you flinch when you're pinched, you will focus on the how and overlook the what. You see, when God said, I will supply all of your needs 
according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That is the what. But I worry about the supply. I worry about, I'm not, I don't worry about, I know God's got surplus, but I worry about how's it going to happen. So remember the, the, the what is what you need to focus on. All right? God is saying, focus on what I have called you to do, what I have already spoken to you, what you have already been given through revelation, and stop wasting your time trying to figure out the how. Listen, if you stop at Joshua 1 and verse 5, you will be stressing and miss your blessing. If you stop at Joshua 1, 7, you will wear yourself out trying to do it on your own strength. But if you read on down to Joshua 1, 8, it is that, that scripture, uh, that place of revelation where, where God says, Joshua, this is how you will accomplish this monumental task. And, and real quickly, we're going to read it. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. There are two things that I want to pull out of that passage of Scripture. Actually, three, maybe four, I don't know. But he said, this book of the law, this book of the law that God was talking to Joshua about was the first five books of the Bible. That's all Joshua had. They didn't have the whole uh, Bible like you and I have. He had the first uh, five books of the Bible. He said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. Now, that word meditate means to ponder, to converse with yourself. I see people a lot that are talking to themselves. They don't have one of them little earpieces in. They don't have one of them things around their neck. They're not talking on the phone. They are talking to their self. And I could call some names, but I'm not going to do it. But, <clears throat> but I've watched people, and I've listened to the conversation that they were carrying on with themselves. With themselves. And I know I'm, I'm messing up the English language. But, but listen, if you talk to yourself... It's all right, but just don't be answering yourself, okay? <clears throat> but the word meditate means to converse with yourself, to declare, to speak. God said, Joshua, this book of the law, don't let it depart out of your mouth. That didn't mean don't speak it. It means get it in you. 
Don't let it get away from you. Meditate on it. Converse with yourself. Talk to yourself about the Word of God. I remember so many times uh, I would see my dad uh, out in the field and we would be working in the field. We would be driving down the road and, and I would be sitting in the passenger seat and, and daddy uh, would be over there and he would be driving and he would just be wide open. And all you could do was every once in a while you could hear a little whisper come out of his mouth and he would be saying, in the name of Jesus, got your word said. I believe your word. And he would be just talking and, and I'd be sitting there looking at him and, 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 and nobody else would be around. Daddy would be on a tractor plowing and, and I'd see that hand going like that and, and Daddy would be, Jesus. God, I love you. God, I, I thank you. I worship you. God, thank you that, that your word is powerful. And daddy would be doing that and he would swap hands and begin to drive and, and he would be throwing that hand up and, and he would be praying and, and thank you, Lord. And every once in a while, daddy would preach to himself that it would be good and, and he would start just speaking in tongues out there on a tractor and, and just praising God and thanking God. And I was sitting there looking at it and, and it really uh, took me a while to realize my daddy wasn't crazy. But what daddy was doing that I do now is I'm driving down the road and, and you might see my lips moving and you might wonder, well, who is he talking to? I'm not talking to you and I'm not talking to Bubba on the phone, but I'm meditating on the word of God. I'm declaring the word of God out of my mouth. Listen, if you want to do the what, you've got to follow it up by understanding that God said meditate. That's the reason if you watch on TV when you see uh, the prayer wall in Jerusalem and you see uh, these people go up to the prayer wall, they stick that little slip of paper in one of the cracks in the, in the wall and, and they begin to go like this. They're not doing that to exercise, but they're meditating on the word of God. They're uttering, they're confessing and declaring the word of God. Our problem is that we declare our problems and forget about the word of God. You will never get your promise as long as you're focused on the problem and not on the word. You will overcome by the word of God and you will undergo by focusing on the problem. Maybe you can understand what I'm saying there. Listen, I didn't understand what daddy was doing, but I know now what he was doing. Listen, he said meditate. And then he said meditate therein day and night. And listen, God, God just has just given me so much on this thing and, 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 but he said, meditate that you may observe to do. Meditate that you may observe 
telling somebody how to get your breakthrough this morning. I hope you're catching what I'm saying. Meditate that you may observe. Listen, you will never be able to observe. That word observe means to set a hedge about yourself. It means to put a guard about yourself. Joshua, God was saying to Joshua, Joshua, the task is monumental. It is bigger than you are. But if you will meditate on my word, then you will observe my word. My, that word observe means to put a hedge about yourself, to put a wall, a guard about yourself where nothing else can get in, where the devil can't come in and rob you of your promise or rob you of that, that God, what God has told you to do. Listen, I want you to think about this, and I'm going to close. Joshua was commanded to meditate on the book of the law. And I told you a while ago, it's the first five books of the Bible. That's all he had. That's all he had was faith in the first five books of the Bible. The first five books of the Bible contain the law of God and the revelation of God to Moses. All right? That's all that Joshua had to meditate on. He rehearsed that over and over in his, out of his mouth. He observed that word. Joshua led the children of Israel into the promised land, conquered the promised land, ran out, and destroyed the Hittites, the, Le the, the uh, Amorites, the Moabites, and all the otherites. He dealt with all of them. He was one of the greatest leaders that we've ever known uh, in, in a military sense because he conquered the promised land just with five books of the Bible and meditating on those books of the Bible. This is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, if Joshua did that with the first five books of the Bible, he said, son, you've got 66 books of the Bible. He said, what will happen in your life if you will meditate on my word and believe the promises that are in my word? What will happen in your life? Would you stand with me, please? So here's the thing that I want to leave you with. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know how big your mountain is today. But I dare say that you're worried about how you're going to fix it, how you're going to deal with it, how you're going to overcome it. And this is what God wants you to know today. If I tell you the what, then relax because the how will be coming soon. Relax. Relax. Has God given you a promise? Has God given you a promise in your life?
Has God spoke something into you when nobody else was around and you knew that God put that in your heart? Then hold on to it and relax. Quit stressing about it. Quit worrying about it and realize that when God says this is what, he is coming real soon with this is how. Amen? And the how, all you got to do is to be obedient to the what. Listen, God told me what to do many, many times, and there are very few times that I knew how to do it. But I've come to understand that when he gives me a what, he always brings